welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. In today's episode, we get to hear from a senior within my youth ministry, Jake Maynard. Now, Jake is bringing an interesting perspective from the story of Acts 2, where they talk about Pentecost. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as we get ready to ask, what would I do? Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. Today, we have the... I'm talking the Jake Maynard. Now, Jake is a senior in my youth ministry, and I am so excited to have Jake here today. Uh, Jake, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're with us. Dude, I'm so glad I can make it. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. When you told me that you wanted to be a part of this, I was like, yes, I have to have you in here because, again, being your youth pastor, I've been able to walk with you process with you and it's just been so much fun to watch you grow and i'm really excited to be able to take your lens and your generation to be able to dive right into scripture and just get your eyesight and get your understanding uh and so jake can you tell the people a little bit about you who is jake maynard oh yeah for sure um well i grew up in the church um here in minnesota yeah uh and as someone who grew up in the church you know, I was kind of spoon-fed Jesus, spoon-fed sure. oh, yeah. the Bible. And you kind of become numb to it, or at least I did. And then I realized that I needed to get on my own faith walk Right. when I was about freshman year of high school, when I actually started coming to, to your church. Yeah. Um, for people who don't know, I grew up in a separate church that Matt didn't go to. No. Um, and I actually met him that year. And I grew up in a church where it was very traditional. Sure. Uh, almost no clapping when you're singing wow. or when you're worshiping. And when you're worshiping, it's all a cappella. And Whoa. I was kind of raised yeah. that using instruments in worship, not allowed. No, sure. sir. Don't sure. do that. So coming to your church. Where, where we have all the instruments. All the instruments. <laughs> all the instruments. I think we just need a trumpet up there and then we're, we're oh, going to go. Yeah, but it. I'll tell you this. That was like. 20 years ago trumpets were a thing but that was like really yeah we got to get that thing out of there because you know there's nothing better than someone saying that they felt the groove of the lord take over them and then go off on a trumpet solo and you're like hey we didn't practice this we 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 got to tone that thing down and so it's probably a good thing to keep the trumpets off the stage now if you're a trumpet player don't be offended but it's just the truth No, no no god god still loves you you can take walls down but let's stay out of the stage <laughs> <laughs> for sure but um but yeah coming into a whole new environment like that a new environment of worship and worship yeah. is one really strong way that i've learned to grow in my connection with god right it's going from that old church to, to coming to your church my very first time i remember we were still in the high school yeah for those of you that don't know we were a portable church for about five years where we were setting up and tearing down um, it was the greatest and hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I remember um, going there for the first time, and it was it was weird. It was a really weird experience for me, uh, just because I was thought that that wasn't a thing that the church sure. either does anymore or should be doing. Right. Uh, and I had this thought in my mind, like, this isn't normal. Like, what are these, right. what are these heathens doing? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but then I've learned to learn to to grow, and right. it was actually in that church and in that portable state that we were doing, mm-hmm. you know, moving around and stuff. Uh, going there with my friend, helping helping you, yep. uh, set up and tear down. Yeah, where I really learned to connect with you, right? And I realized that I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not crazy. 
He's not. He's, well, he's not a dumb young youth pastor anymore. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, but I don't know. It was amazing coming here, making my faith my own. Right. And and learning to grow in it. Yeah. Um, and one interesting thing about me and a little brag that I have is that I was actually baptized twice. Oh, wow. Uh, so once when I was 10 years old. Okay. And my motivations behind it, truthfully, I'm being completely candid here with yep. the people, was to eat the communion cracker and the grape juice. Sure. I mean, it's a highly sought after meal. So tasty when you get that church snack. <laughs> mm. but, uh, well, if it helps, uh, the first time I got water baptized, um, I did it because I watched my brother get water baptized and my grandparents gave them an Alvin and the Chipmunk video cassette. Um, oh, so for those of you who don't know who Alvin and the Chipmunks are, you should Google them. Now, it's not the new school ones that you can find on Netflix. This is like the cartoon in their heyday, um, and I really wanted it, so I got baptized so I could get that. So Did you get it? I did get it, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great, but wrong motives, like you said. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so we've then, all been there. Yeah, exactly. And then after, after this year, uh, January of this year, on January 31st, you actually baptized me. Yep. Yeah, that was a that was a really special moment, uh, and it was cool because your parents were there, your family was there, and uh, man, what a what a high celebratory service that was. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so you said you've grown up in church your whole life, and it whether it was uh, a different style tradition. Now the current one that you're in a youth ministry in uh, that that I'm a part of. One of the things that I love is uh, the Apostle Paul said that, you know, there's always foundation buildings as long as it's laid on that foundation of Jesus. Yeah. And my greatest heart is that the church grows because God's called us as the church to grow, yeah, yeah. you know, his kingdom. And so I love the fact that there are churches all across the world that are preaching Jesus and regardless of style of music, style of preaching, yeah. style of traditions. Like as long as Jesus is being promoted, I'm like, let's continue to build and not compete. And so, yes, yeah. you know, it's great because when you came in here, you had a set of foundations that were not wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just that tradition. But I think what you did was a very mature thing of where you allowed previous contexts to continue to build you. Mm-hmm. You didn't compare. You didn't compete. You let yeah. it build on what was already founded. And so that's what I think is the beautiful thing as people are jumping on their journey. For sure. You know, sure. and I think that's one great things that pastors need to do is they don't need to rival things. Yeah. You know, they yeah. don't need to rival people. They don't need to rival churches. They need to build upon the foundation that's being built on other churches if people are coming into other churches. And so, um, but yeah, it, that's awesome, Jake. So, uh, so tell us a little bit more about you. Like what's, Like, tell us about your personality, like, um, you know, anything else that people need to know about your upbringing? Yeah, well, um, I'm actually, fun fact about me is I'm adopted from Colombia. Oh, hey, come on. Which is a third world country down in South America, if you know your geometry. Um, Geography. Geography. Listen, I don't know geometry either, so it's it's all good, (laughs) so... (laughs) I was like, I'm a part of the geometry people, but geography I'm pretty good at. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, but that's a little tidbit about me. Um, 
in terms of what I'm doing now is I'm finishing up my senior year of high school. Come on, congrats. Uh, You're I'm, almost there. I'm about to go to school down south in Arkansas, which Come I'm on. super pumped for. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm going to school for youth ministry, which hey. I got from you. That's awesome. Which is a big hats off to you, sir. That's great. What an honor. I pre- Thanks for telling me. That's That's so incredible. Yeah, like we're going to get really personal here. Promise me you won't cry, but... I'll do my best, but I can't guarantee anything. It's just observing you throughout the five years that I've known you. Yeah. Is realizing that you have the skill sets where I have the skill sets. Mm-hmm. You're utilizing them where I want to utilize them. Yeah. And then you're just overall the example and the role model that I want to be. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And, uh, and you know, there's definitely learning curves for everything, but... Um, I think that's, again, what's so important about having people in your lives because um, I've told Jake this many times and now you're going to hear a secret of me. I'm like, I want, anytime I'm in a role, I want to either help people experience what I experienced growing up that were the positive and I also want to help people avoid what I experienced in the negative. And so, you know, we're all humans. We're all, we all make mistakes. But again, if we're trying to build the kingdom of God together, that's what's important. And so... So thanks, Jake. I appreciate that. And I know that it's going to be an amazing journey for you. But uh, as we're diving into this podcast, I'd asked you a story that you wanted to to talk about. And you came up with the story of Pentecost, Pentecost. in Acts 2. So this is going to be amazing. Uh, so as we get ready to listen to that, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to hear Jake read the story of Pentecost. We'll be right back. Are back and like I said before the break, Jake, we're going to talk about the story of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. And so, uh, just so that everyone knows uh, how what we're going to do and how we're going to read it is, we're going to read uh, verses one through what did I say? One through thirteen. Uh, then we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to jump to the end of it because and, and talk about the verses that we're missing um, later on. So we're going to do Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Um, just pre-warning you, there's some names that are hard to announce, and we're just thankful that they're not normal names anymore. So good luck, Jake. Uh, so Jake, let's get reading. All right, let's go. All right, so chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, when the day of Pentecost arrived, They were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound of the multiple The multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own language? Parthians and Medes, I'm saying Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Oh, my word. Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to the Serene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, belonging to the Syrian and, uh, sorry, Cretans 
and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. That is a lot of names. That is a lot of names. And uh, great job. You did a, you did better than I would <laughs> reading those you. things. Many times when I'm preaching, uh, I'll say, and those guys. <laughs> that's a that's just a quick youth pastor hack. If, if it's along with it, I'm just like, and those guys. So, all right. So context to this. So Jesus, uh, the Messiah, who the disciples were following, uh, just got crucified. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... One of their own, right? There were 12 disciples. Yeah. And one of them, Judas, was the one who betrayed and then killed himself. And they had just casted lots to get a new disciple so that they're back to the 12. And they, uh, who was it? It was uh, Matthias Mm -hmm. uh, was chosen to replace Judas. So Matthias is now a brand new disciple. And so the last thing that they hear from Jesus, and this is found in Acts 1, it says, um, is to wait in Jerusalem. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, yeah. but wait for the gifts of my father promised, which you have heard about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days I will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they're doing what Jesus asked them to do. They're waiting. Uh, and so what we're going to do right now is we're going to take our eyes. So it's 2021 when this is being recorded. And we're going to put our eyes, Jake, into the eyes of the disciples and then we're also going to put our eyes uh, into all of these people, the crowd, essentially. Uh, and then later, we're going to talk about verses 40 and 41 that we'll read in a little bit. Um, so we're the disciples, right? Mm-hmm. We followed Jesus for three years. Uh, we've, we found this Messiah. We found this rabbi who accepted us. Um, because fun fact, if you didn't know this, um, the reason, like you go to rabbi school, like, like you're a senior in high school, uh, you went to junior high before high school and you went to elementary school before middle school. And that's what everyone did is they went to rabbi school and once they failed out of it, they went to their family trade. Yeah. People didn't want to go back to their family trade Mm -hmm. because it represented that they failed. Yeah. And they got kicked out or they flunked out or whatever whatever that they do for that. But now there's this Messiah or this new rabbi who comes out of nowhere uh, from Nazareth and basically chooses people who are outcasts or failures or, you know, Matthew was a tax collector and he was not loved because tax collectors were not fans of the people uh, and the people were not fans of them. And so he chooses those people individually. So now we're, we're this. So we gave everything up to follow this person uh, and who says that, you know, he's the Messiah. So we follow him wholeheartedly. We see miracles take place. We see people come back from the dead. We see blind people seen. We see like, we, it's just nuts. Uh, and now he dies. Mm-hmm. So there's disparity in that yeah. to begin with. And then all of a sudden he comes back, which I'm like, can you imagine, you know, Absolutely not. I would be so relieved. <laughs> like I would be so relieved to have this person back. Yeah. But then he tells us that he's leaving again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, what a, what a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> I would have. First of all, I would just be like, you know, have you ever had someone who came into your life for a short visit, like family member came into yeah. town and right when you got used to them being back, they're like, all right, well, I'm leaving. Bye. Like, it's oh, good to see you. It's the worst. It's the worst feeling in the world because you grow such an attachment to that person. Yeah. 
and not only the person like I'm feeling this going off to college and right you man yeah I'm not saying you know you're my messiah but you're, you're my <laughs> I rabbi hope not don't give me way. that title <laughs> don't put that on my shoulders <laughs> no but it's gonna be weird because then I'm gonna come back in the summer from school and yep. I'm gonna get used to having you around and then I'm gonna have to go back eventually right and then there's a whole nother there's a whole new um, world out there for you like you're yeah. getting out of Minnesota like you said and we just don't know what's out there or you don't know what's out there no. um, even even your your the great trait that you have for geometry that you know <laughs> I'm just kidding that was a throwback joke uh, but just um, you know Arkansas is Arkansas you know all the other states but you just have no idea mm-hmm. um, but now this Messiah tells us to stay and for me that would be the hardest thing for me to do yes yeah it's just to stay Cause I'm always wanting to be on the go unless if it's nighttime, then I'm, then I'm like a homebody. I'm like, cool. Then I'll stay home. Mm-hmm. But he tells me to stay in Jerusalem and, and just wait. And I love what the disciples did. They waited and prayed. Yeah. Like that's what it says right away is they, they waited and they prayed. And I don't know if I could do that. I'm going to be honest with you. If I just saw my Messiah get betrayed, murdered, come back to life and then leave again. I want to say I would almost have would have done what Peter did and gone back to my old life. Yeah. You know, and that's a story that you can look at later, but that's what Peter did is he went back to being a fisherman. Um, but it would have been really hard for me or I don't know if I would be praying in the upper room or in that area. I think I would be complaining. I'd be I'd be in a therapy office. Yeah, true. Uh or even just asking ourselves yeah. like how so Jake that's what you're saying is like, I'd be in a therapy. Tell me about that. Like if that were you and you were disciples, uh, how would you be processing through this whole transition of Jesus here, Jesus died, Jesus here, Jesus left? Well, as an Enneagram four, and if you don't know what the Enneagrams are, uh, fours are very emotionally driven. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's basically for me personally, I would definitely go through all my emotions that I felt first. And right very very strong yep right away so right. The, for one shock yeah then probably anger yep then grief that my messiah is leaving and honestly as of four what i would want to do is curl up in a burrito blanket mm. put on my comfort show sure and just try and forget about it right and the bummer was there's no comfort show back then no office probably no, no burrito office. blanket either so uh there was probably even no burritos no, I didn't even think about <laughs> um, But no, yeah, it's totally true. Like you just are going through all five stages of grief. Uh, and and so they're praying uh, to which we're like, we don't know if we'd be doing that. I would be like, what is happening? But they were, they're praying in one place. And then it says, at least in my translation, it says, suddenly a sound like a blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. I would have been freaked out about that. Like all of a sudden, because I'm I'm imagining, like the shutters are closed, you know everything is is closed. The the fires lit, like it's very vibey if they're praying, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden a giant wind comes out of nowhere and just blows everything open. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it doesn't. It might have been a wind, but it doesn't even say wind. From my translation, it says a sound like a mighty rushing wind. So oh like it, yeah, it yeah. Might, have, might not even even been like a wind. No, you're right. Mine does say that too. It says a, it, it, it suddenly a sound. Yeah, you're right. If you're ever like in a really really strong storm, yeah, or maybe if you've ever experienced a tornado, you know how powerful 
wind can sound in and of itself. Right. Uh, so it's not even just the actions, but like imagine you're you're all praying. You're either praying out loud with each other. You're in silence and in grief praying, and then all of a sudden, just I'm I'm imagining just like a boom that shook the entire house. Like everyone's yeah. speak portable speakers were synced up and had their bass turned up all the way. Sure. That's, yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Uh, and then verse three is very interesting. It says that they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, uh, separated and came to the rest on each of them. Uh, so all of a sudden these, this tongue of fire, it says, which is a visual, like this fire just is on top of everyone. Like that's, that's how I'm depicting it. Like all of a sudden that sound that you were talking about takes place. And then this fire, like is just on your head. Um, I would be freaked out mm-hmm. if I looked, if I looked at you, like we're disciples, mm-hmm. I looked at you and all of a sudden this giant boom hits and I'm like, dude, you got fire on your head. And you're like, dude, you got fire <laughs> on your head. Like I'd be like, what? And I try to pat down my head, you know, <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Uh, and, and all of a sudden that's how, ha- and I look around and all of us have this. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering, it's like, were they so concentrated in prayer that they didn't, well, number one, didn't hear the boom. Yeah. Uh, then number two, didn't, like, they were just so, you know how sometimes when you're just so in the zone, yeah. like, you have no recollection of what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say you did. Like, what would you be thinking if all of a sudden the boom hit and then you look to your neighbor next to you across from you and they've got fire on top of their head? Well, if it just came out of nowhere, I think there's two different ways for me to look at it personally. But if it came out of nowhere with with no warning or anything, I'd probably be scared most of all that that the end times are coming. Like as soon as Jesus sure. went back, he sure, was like, okay, time to restart. Right. Um, but I think because the disciples had their warning, and if I'm thinking if I was in the disciples' place and I had the warning of the Holy Spirit, right, I'd be full of excitement, tapping, you know, sure. tapping my buddy on the shoulder, being like. Oh, this is it. This is this it. This is what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because as as you were talking, I was thinking about too, man, what's another symbolic fire that has happened that I would know about if I were his disciple is I would know about Moses. Yeah. You know, I would know about the burning bush. Um, and I would know that, man, if this is anything like the burning bush moment, this is a symbolic presence of of something yeah. that yeah. is related to Jesus who we just followed. And then there would be that one person, you know, there's always that one person in the group that's like, dude, remember this? Yeah. You know? Uh, and if we know very well, the disciples were never good at remembering <laughs> what Jesus has done. And I love like stories like the feeding of 5,000. And then later in the, in the stories, you hear about the 4,000 and they forgot about the 5,000, right? So they're I just, yeah. but here's the thing. I'm probably closer to a disciple than I am Jesus. Yeah. And those things. So I forget quickly all the great things that Jesus has done in my life. Oh, uh, sure. But there's always that one person who brings that remembrance of, yeah. hey, remember Moses. And remember, because they know, they would know the Torah. Yeah. They would know the law. They would know these stories. And so, yeah, I think you're right, Jake. You'd be like, dude, this is it. Like, this is the thing that Jesus was talking about. Yeah. Um, and so they're having this moment where the tongues of fire comes, and all of a sudden it says, uh, all of a sudden uh, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. First of all, I would love to have known what that felt like for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know? So you've never felt an indwelling presence before. Yeah. Because you've had the Messiah with you physically, and mm-hmm. then now all of a sudden you just get rocked. 
mm-hmm. by yeah. this. Like all of a sudden they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Um, that would be so crazy mm-hmm. if all of a sudden, again, we're praying and then all the, and then, then you start speaking a different language. Like yeah. we, we speak common tongue, yeah. but all of a sudden you're saying things. I have no idea what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm saying things that you have no idea that I'm saying. Like what would be going through your mind if you saw, started seeing that? Well, I think for me, I've experienced that. As someone who's come from sure. a very traditional, stoic church life yeah, uh, and getting more in tune with the spirit, which is definitely what our church has definitely right. propelled forward in my life. And I've experienced movements of the spirit that I never thought were possible. Right. And uh, there was this one convention that we went to a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we just, I had this moment during worship where... I physically fell on my knees mm-hmm. in worship and I was consciously doing that, but I wanted to get up yeah, and finish the song off. Right. But I physically couldn't. I felt something keeping me there mm. saying, stay here and stay in the presence of God. Yep. And that was the very first time I've ever felt a full indwelling of the spirit. In right. Me. And just, I think there's only a couple of words I could use to describe it. It was just awe. Yep. Shock, yeah, wonder, and amazement. Interesting. That's cool because I even think too, as you know, when we go through scripture and, and specifically like the Old Testament, you hear about the fear of God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we hear the word fear, we hear like, "Oh, you should be scared of God." Yeah. But I love the f- first word that you said was awe. Yeah. And that's almost like, whoa. Like you have that holy smokes, like this exactly is what it is. Yeah. yeah and, and you have that. This is way bigger, way stronger. Yes. And way more powerful than I could ever have imagined. And there was like a reverent in awe fear. Right. Oh, for sure. I like it wasn't like I was OK with staying on the ground. Like I, right. I wanted to get up. Yeah. And. It's scary when you can't get up. I was like, when I like, I can't move. Guys, I can't yeah. move. I right. Can't, I can't move. Right. But it was a good. It was a good fear. It's, it's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like I had no idea what was going on, but at the same time, I knew that it was coming from God. It was mm-hmm. coming from the Spirit. Yeah. So I just had to, like you always say, let go and let God. Right. Absolutely. And and even more so, like you were in worship, you would say you were your posture. And your heart posture was like compass north, like yeah. God, you you've got my attention right now. You got my all, almost like what probably what the disciples were doing yeah. uh, when they were praying. And then God just hits them, and and then God just like you said, hit you. Yeah. And so there's that fear and that awe and reverence, almost so to speak. And and so I love I love that Jake. That's amazing. And I think too, what's really what's really hard is. You can't PR it, you know, and I think that's what's been really hard uh, because we're about to talk about it is you can't PR your experience like and that's that's what's really great about our experience is is people can't argue it. Mm -hmm. They cannot understand it. Yeah. 
they could try to manipulate it. I don't know what it is, but they yeah. they can't ruin that experience. One hundred percent, because you were there and you 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 know what happened, and you were one hundred percent conscious. Right, happened. Right, and so all of this was taking place, and so when that happened, it says in verse five. Now there were there were staying in Jerusalem, God fearing, right? God fearing Jews from yeah. every nation under heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they heard the sound, so they heard that wind sound. So now yeah. we're going to be the crowd, all right? Yeah, so we okay. talked about the disciples, we talked about this. Now we're the crowd. So we're in Jerusalem because it's that time of the year where everyone has to come to Jerusalem. Yeah. So we're doing a ritual to do essentially. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and all of a sudden we hear this boom, right? Or <laughs> that was my best wind sound impression. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and so this giant noise takes place and, you know, you hear where the sound comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, every, it's like, have you ever dropped something in a quiet room yeah. filled with people? And then all of a sudden everyone looks to you yeah. and like, you're like, Shoot. When hydro flasks were a trend, those things <laughs> hitting the ground in school. Every so loud. Day, it's the most, like, honestly, the Holy Spirit coming, that was probably the world's biggest hydro flask drop <laughs> on a trial floor. <laughs> oh, that's oh, funny. I remember, I remember I, um, I play, I play bass, not often, but I was playing on, uh, the church that I attended growing up. I was on the worship team for that. And I was just learning about, bass and I was getting in the groove and what happened was we were in a worship set and we were going off the script mm-hmm. great on paper not good for amateurs yeah. you know uh and then all of a sudden I I I went for it I slid the note and went to the completely oh, no. wrong I think I went to like a D sharp yeah just the worst note I could land on <laughs> but it was so loud that it made the whole thing stop like the the like set just stopped. everything stopped. Mad. It was nuts. Like it was so bad. And people just looked directly at me. The worship team looked directly at me. And fortunately enough for me, whatever age I was, I had the wherewithal to just, I turned around too. <laughs> so everyone was, <laughs> everyone was looking at me and I was, and then I just looked <laughs> behind too, just to see what they were looking at, quote unquote. And the only thing behind me was the wall, but I just like tried to, <laughs> I tried to play it off smooth, but it would be something like that where something hits that's abnormal yeah. and unusual. And then everyone looks to it. So everyone was looking at the disciples yeah. and, and like it said, every nation under heaven was in Jerusalem. Yeah. And so then you read through all those people, but they start hearing uh their own language. Yeah. And that would be nuts. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're used to if you've gone to Jerusalem before, um you're used to hearing other languages that you have no comprehension of. Mm-hmm. Uh it's kind of like going to what's a hot what's a hot melting pot like new york city you mall go to new america. york city mall of, america. mall of america you go to la you go to the, all these different places with different nations and different people and they're just speaking their own language i'm speaking my own language and yeah. there's this barrier uh but all of a sudden like you start hearing your native tongue mm-hmm. i start hearing my native tongue this person starts hearing this native tongue and it's all coming from the same place the same place yeah. where the boom hit right yeah. That would be that would be scary. And the Bible even said that in bewilderment. Yeah. Uh, because they heard their own. Man, I would be spooked. 
Well, the thing is, it's weird because if you think about it, if people are far away, they hear the big boom, then they hear their own tongue speaking. I bet you some of them didn't even know until they got to the place, until they got to the disciples. And like maybe there's uh, there's uh, an, an Arabic person over there. They're coming to, to listen to what that person is saying in their language. Right. And they look over and there's there's a Jew right there. Yeah. Yeah. And they can tell that they're listening to the same thing. And that's why they're bewildered is because not they see everyone coming to the same place. But because when they get to that place, it's a Galilean speaking. Pe- it. It's it's a watering hole. Yeah, it's like an African watering hole. Right. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, these Galileans are speaking all of these different languages, and they're saying the same thing. Yeah. In different languages. Yeah. Um. And I love like when we talked about your experience at that convention. You know, there were probably people who were like in verse twelve said amazed and perplexed. You know, what does this mean? They don't they don't understand how on earth are they speaking what I'm speaking in the language that I speak, the wonders of God, yeah. when they've never, maybe some of them, like maybe some of them even knew these disciples. Yeah. And they're like, these people have never been to our country before. How on mm-hmm. earth do they know our language yeah. and talking the way that they're talking? And then I love, <laughs> I love this last verse. Uh, verse 13, he goes, some, however, made fun of them asking, bah, they're hammered. Like they've been <laughs> drinking too much communion juice. Yeah. You know, they've had too much wine. And uh, I just love that line. You know, and that's one of the things I love about the Bible is they just, they throw in those lines. Like why, yeah. I mean, I know why it was necessary for the author to say that because it's yeah. bringing the, you know, because uh, from what I've heard, uh, you do some crazy things when you mm-hmm. maybe have too much communion juice. Yeah. Like you, there, there are actions that you take that, you know, would not normally have been taken if you were of straight mind. Um, but, uh, so these people were like, guys, calm down. Like these guys are just a little tipsy. Uh, they're just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And, uh, I love that because I'm definitely, uh, very cynical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mine, I used to joke that I had a, there was five love languages yeah. and my sixth love language was sarcasm. <laughs> Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. Uh, and, and so I would definitely probably fall, fall to that guy. Fall to that line. Yeah. yeah. I'd be yeah. like, guys, these people are crazy. So why are you even paying attention to them? Yeah. What, like, would you be the person that would be bewildered and believing or would you be cynical? See, I, I want to say bewildered and believing. Right, you know, but how like, you think now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like a lot of us would be like, oh, yeah, if I saw the 12 disciples doing this. You have to keep in mind that the 12 disciples weren't the 12 disciples. Right. Then They were just a bunch of random dudes. And if you're in a city like New York City, you know, a big melting pot where right. a bunch of stuff happens every day, and you see someone start to do something like that in New York City, People who live in New York pay absolutely no mind to it. I've seen a video right. of like a guy who visited New York City, and it was a test. He's like, this is the way you tell the visitors from the New Yorkers. He was walking down the street, and he just screams out of nowhere. Mm. And then he's like, you can tell they're visitors because they turn around and they're looking. Oh, sure. And then you can tell they're New Yorkers because they don't care. They don't care, yeah. So I feel like I would either be in the, oh, that's just regular Jerusalem life, yeah. crazy people doing crazy stuff in Jerusalem where we like, Oh, that's kind of weird. And then just move on with the rest of my day. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting. Or I, another thing I was thinking about is, um, you know, I wonder if the 12 disciples well, really 11 plus Matthias. Yeah. Um, if, 
you know, they're just known as Jesus's homies, <laughs> you know, Jesus's entourage, because from this point on, you know, there would be times where Jesus would commission them or send them out to yeah. go do things. Mm-hmm. But many times they would come back failing yeah. and then Jesus, you know, would have the conversations of their lack of faith or yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But so, so if, if I, if I'm walking in here and I'll know the disciples, I'm like, Oh, interesting. Like these, yeah. these are the people who are Jesus less mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, I bet you they're drowning their sorrows. Oh yeah. I didn't in a wineskin, yeah. uh, tip in the bottle a little bit and just drowning their sorrows in the fact that the person that they've been following wasn't who he said he was. Uh, and now they're going to, they're going to realize their, their errors and get back to the old ways. Yeah. So, uh, but Hey, uh, so we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back, we're going to talk about verse 40 and 41. And then honestly, we're going to do a quick synopsis of verses 14 through 39. So we'll be back in one second. All right, we are back, and uh, before the break, we talked about that we were going to jump to verse forty. But before we do that, uh, I'm going to read. I'm going to read verse fourteen and fifteen uh, and sixteen uh, real quick. It said, uh, "Verse fourteen." Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. He said, "Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say." These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Now, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And so I love that Peter jumps up because we remember, again, if we're Peter, we remember what Jesus said about us, yeah. right? He told us that the church was going to be built on us. That's why we're no longer named Peter, or no, we're no longer named Simon. We're now Peter because we're the rock. We're the original rock before the rock became the rock, right? Um, and so now I kind of had that moment, if I'm Peter, yeah. where I'm like, well, shoot, I got to be the leader now. I got to step up. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you do on those moments for you, Jake, where you know you got to take charge? And is that your natural ability where you're cool, you're going to jump into it? Or will that scare the living daylight out of you? It's it's a mix for me. Sure. If, if I have that feeling, I'll either do my best, jump in, yep. and, and try and play it off as smoothly as possible. No matter what, I'm jumping in, though. Right. So I'll either play it off as smoothly as I can, um, or I might, I'm going to call it Pull Peter, uh, and kind of go up there and just be like, I honestly have no idea what I'm right. supposed to say right now. Yeah. But whatever happens, happens. Yeah, absolutely. A little, little stand-up comedy for you if, <laughs> if it's that embarrassing for me. Well, I love that Peter addressed the obvious, you yeah. know, and I think what was important is that Peter, while people were, we read earlier, people were bewildered and amazed about what was happening. There were the cynical people in the crowd that were like, ah, oh, guys, don't worry about it. These guys are drunk. Yeah. So I love that Peter addresses that comment first. Yes, He's like, listen, yeah. guys, first of all, it, nothing could be as bad as us drinking at night in the morning. <laughs> like, who do you think we are? Uh, and so he's like, 
But listen, remember what, and again, it goes back to Torah. It goes mm-hmm. back to the law. It yeah. goes back to Old Testament. Yeah. He goes, remember what the prophet Joel said, and he just says what he says. And I think what it did is unlocked the crowd. Sure. And like, oh, For like sure. you see essentially what was Jesus' number two person, and he steps up and states what he states. And then all of a sudden these people are like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. this is what's happening. And if you are wanting to, I would encourage you, uh, read Acts 2, uh, 14 through 39 on your own. We don't have time to do that. But it says in verse 40, with many other words, he being Peter warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized the same way they were baptized. And mm-hmm. about 3000 were added to their number that day. So, we, as Peter, address the common uh, the common question, like mm. they're drunk. Yeah. Uh, he goes, no, 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 this is not what it is. And let me go back to the teachings. Yes. Right? Yeah. Let me go back to what Jesus had, mm. you know. And, and basically what was happening is, well, Jesus was alive. He was saying all of these things to people. And people were mocking him, not believing him or believing him. But then all of a sudden... Uh, it's like all the lines connected mm-hmm. at this moment. And so if you were that crowd, do you would do you think you would find yourself in the belief or do you think you'd be like what do they know? If I was in the crowd, you have to you have to keep in mind, I think it would depend on a question of if I was educated and if I was not. Sure. Uh if I was educated in the law, honestly, I feel like if you're more educated, you're less open. Sure. Because if you're yeah. more educated, you're you're spoon fed these these theological ideas, right? Saying this is what's true, this is what's right. Anything other than this is is false, right? Um, well, like you said, if someone who who is entering their family's trade, they did study the law, mm-hmm. they just didn't pass. So I feel like I would be more susceptible to the teachings if if I wasn't so close minded about what I believed in. Sure. Um, because you know, if you think about it, being in that crowd, you're you're someone who who's broken, who's not right. doing well in life, who has to go into the family trade instead of being a, a Pharisee. Right, and so um, you're you're heading into this direction because ritually you have to. Ritually, you have to exactly. And then not only do you see a new way of thinking, but a better way of thinking that makes not necessarily life easier for you, mm-hmm. but assures you that like what you're doing right now you don't have to do in order to have this connection with god because of what we have you can have the same connection of god with god that anyone you know anyone has ever been able to have in the history of the world like moses right yeah and i think it's interesting too because that that during peter's talk sermon however you want to say it like he's hitting convicting things he's i mean he's he is essentially pointing the finger at the people who are responsible for um for putting jesus on the cross but but peter then brings about a word that hadn't been used rare like has been used very rarely it's other than jesus it was repentance Mm -hmm. talked about all these things can happen but if you repent you know, forgiveness happens. I think yes. this is where grace, yeah. this whole grace 
uh, theme comes into play. It's like mm. you, you were the ones who traded him. You were the ones who nailed him on the cross. You were the ones who would rather have Barabbas free than a Messiah free. Like you, the, yeah. like you know, the blood is on your hands. Yeah. However, repentance comes because Jesus did this for you. Yeah. And when you understand and believe this, like this is what can happen. And I love that it said that people believed, and it said up to three thousand people um, said repented got baptized the same way, right? And so think about that. So you had essentially, man, 12. I'm sure there were other people that were a part of it. But you start with, let's just let's just say, again, there's no theological reasoning behind this number, yeah. 25 to 30 people, right? And then all of a sudden, your new head of this organization says, like, what needed to be said. And then, boom, like, over 3,000 people, like, believe gets baptized and now all of a sudden you just got a movement that is yeah. still happening in 2021 world's first revival right and so it's crazy to think about that all that happened because at the very beginning you were you were listening and you were being obedient to the one thing that jesus has you to do is don't believe jerusalem mm-hmm. and so it's interesting because it's really i would say as i'm looking about this i would be like man it's a good thing that i didn't let my impatience take over if I was the disciples, because I, like I said earlier, I would not want to just sit in a room yeah. and pray and talk about it. And I would want to go take revenge. That's, that's where you and I differ is that that's exactly what I want to do. I'd want to like, you just want to sit I there. I would want to sit in a room, curl up in a little ball and have someone tell me it'll all be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I would want to I would want to do anything that, like if I knew that this was the person I would want to do anything that I yeah. could to to get back at it. You know, I would probably be more Peter with maybe not this extreme but cut the ear off and do all that stuff. Yeah, but no, I I totally see where you're coming like the the quote unquote human righteous anger that right. that we think we would have. Totally. Well, and then later you see I know as you continue Acts 2, right? That is where the domino effect of the now we know as church happening. Um and I think it's just really cool, but it, but it, this was the first time there was a Holy Spirit moment into these disciples, and I think it's really cool. And so, uh, and so, hey, if you have any questions, if you've been listening to this about the Holy Spirit, about Pentecost, anything like that, and you want to ask the questions, I'd love to be able to help uh, navigate the conversation with you. And you can email me at wwidpod pod at gmail dot com, uh, and I'd love to be able to help you with that. But hey, Jake, thank you so much for taking the time and being a part of this podcast. It was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed your time here. Oh my word, dude! I totally hated it. This was the worst. Thing. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It was it was amazing. Way awesome. Better than I than I thought it would have been. That's cool, Thanks man. So and so, again, if you have any questions, uh, you can you can email me, you can ask me, and I'd love to be able to hear your question. Uh, but if not, we will see you guys next time on What Would I Do? <laughs>